Welcome to China Horse Business, the one and only podcast focusing on the booming Chinese equine market, bringing to you by two experts of Chinese equine industry, Zoe King and Wen Li from Shanghai and Beijing, introducing China to the world. Hey Zoe, how are you today? I'm feeling good. How about you, Wen? What's going on? I'm good, and the winter has come. The weather in Beijing is quite cold now. Same here in Shanghai, very chilly. But the National Junior Champion Championship will be held in Shanghai Aijiu Equestrian Club this weekend. I will be there to see the last big competition in Shanghai this year. Cool. Can we give our listeners a summary about the National Championship in today's Channel News session? For sure, the National Championship is composed of three competition sessions. National Jumping Championship, National Dressage Championship, and National Junior Jumping Championship, all organized and supported by Chinese Equestrian Association. The National Jumping Championship was held in Nanjing Jinling Equestrian Club on the 12th November. Twenty-five combinations of rider and horse were qualified for this round for gold medal. They all represent and compete on behalf of one provincial team. Finally. Bagan from Anhui team won the first place, followed by Duan Yihua from Zhejiang team and Li Yaofeng from Guangdong team. This competition is the highest level organized by CEA this year. The gold medal is very variable in terms of winning scores. In addition, the winning riders can even apply for Chinese elite athlete or level one athlete titles. The second round of the championship dedicated to dressage has been held in Highland Equestrian Club in Wuxi from 25 to 27 November. We have introduced the Giant Club in season two, episode one, and interviewed one of their foreign coaches in the same episode. Right, and this year's national championship will be concluded by the National Junior Jumping Championship the same weekend in Shanghai Aijiu Equestrian Club. We interview Catherine Chen from this club and share the story of her charity project dedicated to riding for disabled and troubled kids. You can go back to season one, episode twenty-six, and listen my chat with Catherine, who is also the daughter of the owner of Shanghai Aijiu Equestrian Club. Brilliant! Very inspiring young lady. The second generation of riding has grown up to play more active role in our industry. For example, during the six junior riders representing Hong Kong this year, we can find Robin Ho, who is daughter of Dave Ho. Her father set up a professional riding stable in Shenzhen to facilitate the training of his daughter and her friends. You can listen to their story in season two, episode twenty-five. The other young lady is Coco Shi. She is the daughter of Michelle Wang, who is the owner of Beijing Equus International Riding Club. I talked to Michelle in season one, episode three of our podcast. Go back there and listen. Zoe, you are going to watch the National Junior Jumping Championship this weekend in Shanghai Aijiu Equestrian Club. Shall we introduce this host club into this channel club session? Good idea. Shanghai Aijiu Equestrian Club is founded in 2015, with their first club located in Chongming Island, one and a half hour driving distance from city center. It is quite far away, but the island is famous for its ecologic and environment-friendly positioning, attracting many Shanghai families to spend their weekends here. According to the club, it has more than 100 horses on site. Besides of the family tour and experience, the club is more focused on professional training and competition. 
they actively organized and host many competitions from regional to national level throughout the year. In four years' time, Aiju has expanded its network into three other sites, one in Minghang district with around 20 horses, the second site in Pudong district with around 40 horses. These two clubs in city have brought the equestrian sport closer to its final consumers. The latest one is very special. The club collaborates with the Higher the Regions Hotel in Tongming Island to set up a small outdoor arena on site. Instead of two tennis courts and a basketball court, the hotel is equipped with a mini horse stable. The owner of the club, Mr. Chen Li Zhong, is very proud of his business model. The in-city clubs and mini-club in the hotel make the first riding experience easier for many young riders. After a while, when they want to be more committed to the sport and to make significant progress, they can switch to the home base in Chongming Island. In terms of horse and staff management, this model comes also with some advantages. They can rotate between small size and the home-based. Mr. Chen finds it especially good for horses to change air and have better mood. Very interesting. Well, in today's China story section, I interview an American girl who is coaching in Shanghai Western Equestrian Club. We also introduced this club in Season 1, Episode 2. Please go back there and listen to it. Now, let's listen to Stephanie Perry's China story. Hi, Stephanie. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Stephanie, first of all, how long have you been in China, in Shanghai? I've been in China for four years, and I've been in Shanghai for three years. Exactly three years of COVID time. Yeah, the whole COVID situation is part of how I ended up moving from Zhengzhou, where I originally was, to Shanghai. Oh, I see. So, actually, you are from the USA. What brought you to China in the first place? Um, For one thing, I've always been kind of really interested in the Asian culture. Like, I've always been very interested in uh, visiting China, Japan, um, Korea, all of those places before I, I made this move to China. Um, and then this will sound kind of silly in a way. I was working for a small private stables in America, and the, I was in North Carolina, mm-hmm. and the stables decided to relocate. They were going to relocate to Florida, and I did not want to relocate. Mm-hmm. This is why it's funny. I didn't want to relocate to Florida, so I was looking for a new stables to work for, mm-hmm. and I stumbled across an ad for a pony club in Zhengzhou. And I I jumped on it, you know, uh, I was like, I've always wanted to do this. And if I never, like, the, the if I never take advantage of the opportunity, then life will pass me by. So I didn't want to move to Florida. And somehow I ended up moving to China. But um, it was always a goal of mine. And just I saw the advertisement um, looking for foreign instructors. And, and I guess I haven't looked back since. <laughs> so uh, between Zhengzhou and Florida, the choice is very evident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool. <laughs> when you come to Zhengzhou, you know you are going to walk in um, a pony club, in a um, equestrian club in China. So uh, you have been working in the same industry uh, back to the state. So I think the transformation should be very smooth. Yes and no. Mm. Like I had all the experience I needed to do the job, but for one thing. Um, there was the whole part of going to a new country that I didn't know the language or anything. Um, and also, 
in Zhengzhou, the horse industry is extremely new. And when I went, um, it was so new that like there were no other opportunities except my pony club for these these kids, these students to learn to ride. And the pony club was even brand new. When I went, they didn't even have horses. I helped them get their first horses. So it's not that it was difficult or that it wasn't smooth, but there was just so much to it because I helped them go find the ponies and train the ponies to be able to begin the classes with the students. Our students all had never, you know, met a horse before or ridden a horse before. They were all brand new to the sport. So, um, so there was really a lot involved. It was challenging in a very, in a very good way. Yeah, and then you moved to Shanghai to another uh, equestrian club, Western Equestrian Club, a uh, uh, middle-sized, I will say, a middle-sized club in in Shanghai, quite well equipped and uh, good horses, very good ambiance. Um, so you have been witnessed um, the growth and the evolution of the Chinese riding population in the past three, four years. From your perspective, um, how the Chinese riding population evolved? Um, I think the sport is becoming increasingly popular. More and more people are coming to pick up the sport. I feel like more and more of the students are becoming more serious mm-hmm. about the sport. You know, wanting to have their own horses, go to more competitions. Um, I've seen the the average level of the riders. Um, in China, improving, you know, steadily improving. That you know, I see more and more. Like, um, of course, the professionals were always good at what they were doing, but I see more and more of the um, amateur riders, the students, showing a higher level of ability. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I see like a lot of flashy might be the wrong word, but in terms of the clubs, the competitions, and everything, it's just everything is increasingly bigger and better. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah, in terms of horses, do you see any improvement in uh, the quality of horses, number of horses, and also, of course, the welfare of horses? I do see an improvement um, in those things. And also, even at Weston, I'm in a, I'm in a unique position. We now receive the imported horses. They come to uh, our facility for the quarantine, not to our main facility, but we have a secondary one. So I, I even see the new horses coming into China and the quality of the horses. I feel like I see horses becoming more and more stable in terms of, you know, they're less either spooky, they're less excitable. They know their jobs better, mm-hmm. just like the students are getting better and kind of know what they're doing better riding the horses. The horses seem to know their jobs better. If the students make mistakes or they go to competitions, the horses are less excitable and more likely to um, help out as a, as a team between the horse and rider. Mm-hmm. After all those years, uh, seeing equestrian sports in China from brand new to a very rapid growth nowadays, do you believe in the future of equestrian sports in China? And what do we need the most to make a bigger step and uh, consistent growth? Um, I definitely think there's a, a big future for uh, the equestrian industry in China, just from the growth I've seen. Um, from the increasing passion, the Chinese people, the Chinese riders that I have encountered, really China trying to progress towards it. Like I, like I said, you know, becoming bigger and better mm-hmm. at things. But things I think that could really help. One huge thing to me is more interconnectivity on a national level and an international level. 
a huge difference for me in China versus what I've experienced in America or what I know um, is very much the experience in, in other Western countries is say the community is much more tight knit, even if it's spread out. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot more travel uh, between clubs for competitions for uh, we in the West, we like to do a lot of clinics where a high level trainer will offer, you know, a three day clinic to come and train with them. And, and there's just a lot more, it's easier to travel with your horses. It's easier to uh, travel mm-hmm. between clubs. One, because our industries are more developed, there are just more clubs. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, instead of being two hours to get to the next club, you can go 15, 20 minutes and there's another club. Mm-hmm. But um, also just, I don't know if it's uh, in terms of communication, but even just internationally, we like U.S. and Canada, um, England and France, Germany and France, U.S. and England, Germany and U.S. Like uh, we're just so much going on in between us. And, um, you know, not only in terms of the competitions, in terms of the training, but also just, uh, say, social media. Uh, we're mm-hmm. all very much connected with each other. The kind of the, the trends, the ideas, the, the discussion, it's all very much shared. And I don't see that kind of interconnectivity with China. I know um, nationally it's difficult because China's huge. Mm-hmm. Um, but, say, in America, it's totally normal to go from, you know, one side of the country to the other side of the country for a competition in China. I feel like for a lot of people, that's more difficult. Like the, the club I worked for in Zhengzhou, like, I don't know how many of those kids could ever even imagine coming to Shanghai mm-hmm. for a competition. And not that the, not that the travel and everything isn't happening. I just think that um, an increase in that ability to connect with other clubs in other provinces as well as an increase in the ability to connect more directly with um, the other nations, the yeah. other riders in other countries. Because I feel like China mostly connects in terms of importing. They import the horses. They import, you know, maybe foreign coaches like me. They import the equipment and um, all, the, all the right stuff. But I don't feel like there's that much give and take. And I really think if that was to evolve, it would really help so much in terms of China's overall development with the equestrian industry. Wow, well put. I I totally agree with you. Uh, last question. In your club, you you, you guys have a lot of uh, young riders, right? Teenage rider, even younger. But some of them drop out uh, in the middle of the course or they finally decided not to continue to ride. In your experience, what's the most frequent reason for them, to, for the young riders to drop out? In China, I think... One of the big reasons that riders will drop out is because there's so much pressure in terms of academics and they don't have the time. Um, I've known several students who have taken long breaks or have kind of had to move on because they just have so much focus and also kind of a pressure to, you know, do the extra math classes, the extra English classes, the extra Chinese classes, the extra, you know, whatever, just because they need to have those good grades, get into those good schools, and really have that academic progress. Um, Not that that's the only reason, but I do think that's a huge factor in terms of being able to find the time to commit. Another thing is I know for some people, this connects to what I said earlier about the interconnectivity or lack of in China, is I know for some people it can be difficult to regularly go, and so they kind of just fall out of it because, you know, they have to travel an hour two hours and if there's traffic like on a big holiday like like 
forget it. It's mm-hmm. this terrible the ability to be able to access the club sometimes for some people. Yeah, great. Well, uh, very insightful sharing. And uh, thank you, Stephanie from Shanghai. And uh, I hope to talk to you again. And so great to have you on our podcast. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. This was really cool and interesting to do. And uh, anytime. Thank you. It seems like a fascinating journey for Stephanie in China. Yes, and I believe there will be more coaches like Stephanie will come to China when the borders are reopened. So, guys, if you have any plan to walk with China, it is really the right time to pick it up now. You can also write to us to talk about your equine project for China. Just drop us an email at contact at wonderheavenhost.com. We look forward to discussing your exciting ideas and projects for China in a post-COVID time. A strong rebound will come. All right, let's wrap it up for today. It was fun to hang out with you, Zoe. Same here. Talk again next week. Bye. This podcast is co-hosted by Zoe King and Wen Li, powered by Wonder Horse, a business solution provider focusing on Chinese equine market and a bespoke equestrian community in China.